to the Toffee Blues podcast. I'm Connor Williams uh, and in today's podcast I'll be doing the extra time segment with Mike from the Blue Boys Network, then what's wrong with Everton's defence with Owen Parks, followed by the Wolves preview with myself and Owen um, and hopefully you enjoy. Just joined by Mike from the Blue Boys Network uh, and this is the extra time segment from the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Everton game last night uh, as of recording. Uh, give us your thoughts on it, Mike. It was horrendous. It was horrendous um, from 15 minutes onwards, 10 minutes onwards. It was it was really poor. We didn't really have an answer to anything defensively. Um, we kept the ball fairly well. Like we we moved the ball around quite well. We were comfortable with it. Um, you could see that there was a press at the start of the game, but. As the game progressed, they countered attack more. We, in my opinion, and this isn't digging out Lampard. Like I, I love Lampard, got all the time in the world for him, but I think he set up wrong. I think he went too aggressive, leaving too much space in behind our midfield for Son and Kane, which is a dangerous thing to do. But then we need results and we need to be scoring goals. So you, I can't. You know, I certainly wouldn't criticise him for it. But we just got done and our, our defence got completely exposed for what it is. You know, championship back four. Well, yeah, it nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And unfortunately, Pickford in his 200th appearance, appearance and his birthday um, made a bit of a boo-boo on the second goal. But we, we were going to be done anyway. We were We were buried after the first one. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting you mentioned. I will we'll get into the Lampard one now. It was one of the ones I was going to ask you. Um, he did come under a bit of criticism. Personally, I think I agree with you. I think he did get it slightly wrong in terms of <clears throat> he was too exposed, um, too pressing. But before coming into this game, um, I, I think I'd said to Cal on the channel that the back four aren't of Spurs aren't exactly impressive on the ball if you could press them. Um, the problem was I thought he pressed and we had too much of a high line. There's a lot of people on Twitter saying, why wasn't it exactly the same as the City game? I mean, whether he's told them that or not, it's one thing telling the players, it's another thing what the players actually go on there and do. Um, but do you think this might be the first, the first, not Mark, because he's not on a, we're not, you know, counting down his days, but do you think this, like, this is a fair criticism on Lampard, his first fair criticism? Um, not really. Because I, I, I think I think there's a lot of issues at Everton. I mean, we all know there's a lot of issues. And, you know, before before Lampard even come in, we had the issue with backing Rafa Benitez, spending £30 million on a left, and a left back and a right back, losing Luca Dean where the relationship had clearly deteriorated. That all happened three days before Rafa Benitez was, was sacked. We then bring in Al Ghazi, which is a let's, and this is no disrespect to him, but I said it the moment we Lampard joined, 
He's barely going to play in the Premier League. And, and that was a waste of a Premier League loan. So I, I, I don't really hold anything against him. We all make mistakes. And I, and I genuinely think he got, he got it wrong last night. Yeah, OK, we all do it. But I think he got it wrong. But I just think it's harsh to hold it against him when he's only five games in. It's not like it's not like he's had a really easy run. He's had a Newcastle, which are resurgent away from home. He's had a Southampton side, which are very, very good. Had just gone to uh, gone to Spurs, or we'd played them with the week before, and and they'd got a result. So and then they they turned us over. They're a better side than us on paper right now. Then he's played Manchester City and Tottenham. He got done in the Man City game. So. As much as you could argue it to mark against him now, he did really well in that Man City game. He, you know, he, he got it right. He made us compact. He, he suggested we stay deep. And we very almost got a point out that game. Again, bar a mistake from Michael Keane and a, and a VAR decision that, that was absolutely ludicrous. So I don't hold it against him. But what I do want to say is that we go into these these away days now, and we are defensive. I want us to be a low block. I want us to be five at the back. And I, if we're not going to win games of football away from home, draw them, nil-nil. Do you get what I mean? Be as tight yeah. as you physically can, because it's got to the point now where every single point is crucial. We need to try and keep clean sheets. We've got Watford and Burnley away from home. It's imperative we do not lose those games. And if that means we get nil-nil draws because we sat back and we put five behind the ball, I almost don't care. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, mate. And um, I think it's it's tough to... Um, I was talking to my dad uh, before about... And it's tough because, obviously, 5-0 looks bad. 5-0 does look bad. But Rafa Benitez is side 5-2 at home to Watford, which at home, I know it was a crazy 10 minutes. And then even Carlo Angelotti, who... I think people are now sort of pining over in sort of what we had. Is last game against City, 5-0. Okay, people will argue it's Man City, but Lampard's ever, you know, we lost 1-0 with Lampard the other week. We went into that game like we were ready for the testimonial sort of atmosphere that City were putting on. It almost felt yeah. like a tour. Every, every manager, the last three managers we've had have all had heavy defeats. Nobody is sort of, you know, perfect in it. There does seem to be one current common theme that goes throughout all of those, though, and you linked on to it. It's the back four and the team as a whole as well, but more specifically, the back four. You've already named one usual suspect in Michael Keane. You have the other one in Mason Holgate, who's quite error prone. Um, John Joe Kenny, who fans all of two months ago were saying isn't good enough for Everton, uh, and Seamus Coleman, who I think Everton fans have been saying for the last three years, his time is up at yeah. Everton. So I, I'm not going to fully criticise Lampard because I, I think he's working with a, a very stacked deck. Um, but as I've just mentioned about four, there are sort of people wondering now, I say wondering, getting a little slightly impatient on why we're not seeing the likes of Patterson. Um, obviously, Mikolenko, I think, had a knock from the Burham Wood game anyway because he went off. And he's, to be fair to the lad, has got, you know, big other issues in the world uh, going on. But Patterson, I think fans are sort of going, he's, although he might not be ready, he's got to be better than what we're putting out. Do you agree with that? Or do you think it's right to just wean him in slowly? I think I think it's dangerous for Patterson for, for a couple of reasons. One, I've got no doubt the kid's got ability. 
I've got no doubt about that. You don't spend that sort of money if this kid isn't if it isn't good enough. It's whether he's got the right mentality right now, and that, and that isn't a dig at him. It's also you could argue the same of any player in the squad. You know, we are seventeenth in the league. We are essentially what is it? One point above the drop. We've got a really difficult run of games coming up, you know, with Chelsea, Man United. We've got a, yeah, we've got a difficult run. Is a young player who's used to being either on the bench or top of the league at Rangers the right person to bring in? And honestly, I can go for and I can go against. I, I can say I think we need the experience of Coleman. But then... I'm not going to say I I didn't see much fight from Coleman yesterday. And this is a guy that everyone loves, including me. But unfortunately, has probably been hung out to dry for Everton because he's still, he's still there. He's still playing week in, week out. And let's be honest, if he's still, a, if he's still got a contract, he should be on the bench. He, sh- he should have somebody playing in front of him. So I'd have no problem dropping him in that sense. But then in terms of Patterson, I think he does offer us a little bit more pace. I think he would offer us a little bit more creativity as well going forward. And I think he'd also have that desire that he wants to make a name for himself. For me, I play Patterson. That, that's straight up. I, I play Patterson. But these next two games are massive. And I, you can't necessarily criticise anyone for sticking with Coleman, but I would like to see Patterson, personally. Um, the left side's a bit different because it's been really weird with John Joe Kenny and Mikolenko, don't you think? Because I, I actually think, I'm not going to say Kenny's fantastic because he's not, and, and I am equally one of those guys that wouldn't necessarily give him a contract based on just two months of his Everton career. But he's played quite well at left-back at times, like, I, I thought last night, out of all of the back four, he would have been the one that I was okay with. Like, don't get me wrong, he weren't great, but he was playing up against a very difficult Spurs side. Michael Keane, who cost thirty million pounds, Mason Holgate, who's played over a hundred times in the Premier League, and Seamus Coleman, who has played over two hundred times for Everton, were poor compared to Kenny. Kenny showed fight, he showed heart, he showed he was an Evertonian the same as Anthony Gordon. So I don't have that same issue with, with Kenner. But my issues, Coleman, Keane and Holgate, they are, they are I, would, I would argue they're not even championship defenders at this point. Genuinely, they are the worst three defenders as of right now I've seen in a blue shirt. And I know how good Coleman was, but I'm talking about right now. He's not a Premier League defender, and it's a shame that he's being held out to dry. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. I think those um, those three in particular, not so much John Joe Kelly. I just think because he's not a left-footed player, he does sort of naturally not his fault, but that does hinder the movement down that left-hand side because he's not going to whip it yeah. across yeah. on his left foot. Um, but like you said, I don't think he's as calamity as the other three. Um, with... Um, with Michael Keane, obviously, he's he's started this season quite, you know, under a couple of mistakes as well, and it just I think that's sort of set the sort of scale for his season. 
Um, but a couple of people were mentioning under under Angelotti, he wasn't too bad, and sort of asking questions. And I, I just thought I could get your view on it because I I don't know if he played better because of the manager or if he was in a back three most of the time, so he was a little bit more protected. Or the other one might be that it was in front of no crowds, and I have this feeling that he's got a. I want to say, well, I'm going, yeah, I'll say a weaker mentality. I don't know if it's any of those three, all of those three, none of them. What do you think the issue is where we're seeing a drop off from last season? It's really difficult with him because I've never rated him, and and that and that's that's what's difficult because. You know, there's been games where he's played well and he's put his body on the line and he and he would have done that last season under Carlo Ancelotti. He did it a few times under Silva. He, he seemed fairly solid. I, I, I remember when Koeman signed him, we were really impressed with him. He, I think he got in the England team and, you know, there was a period where he looked like a very good signing. But I've always thought, and, and Jamie Carragher mentioned it yesterday, if, if, you, if you watch the game on Sky, he mentioned how unathletic we are and how how static we are. Well, Michael Michael Keane is a tree. He can't move. He, he's he he's, you saw it last week against Manchester City. He was flat footed. He couldn't do anything. He got caught so many times yesterday because he's slow and, and flat footed. And look, these aren't direct criticisms of him because if you play him deep in a low block, he'll head everything. He'll, he he will be strong. He will be bold. He'll, he'll be courageous. But when you're playing him and you're asking him to push up, you're going to have serious issues. And, and yes, that just didn't play into his hands. But I think he looked all right under Ancelotti. Because let's be honest, after December last season, we played defensive in every single game under Carlo. So no wonder Michael Keane looked great because he wasn't having to do anything. And when Michael Keane comes out of defence and he does carry that ball because of his physicality, he looks quite good. He looks all right. He, look, he looks like he's capable of that. I just think Michael Keane is better in a defensive low block team, a team like Burnley, a team like... A team almost like Spurs at times, you know, when they play three at the back and they use their wing backs to go forward. Michael Keane would be fine in that type of side, but in an Everton team, that want to all progress and have that big push is not is not the man, and I think that's probably why he looked so good at times last season and a few years ago in that defensive shape. Also helped he had Mina next to him a lot more last season. Yeah, and, and Mina is our our best centre half when he's fit, but he's never fit. I mean, it's been embarrassing this season. Yeah, well, I was, I was about to get on to um, I'm about to get on to that. I do agree with the Michael Keenan. I think. For Harry Kane's goal, I think it specifically comes right onto Harry Kane's toes and gets caught. And then once, I mean, Harry Kane's not a player. I'd say he's blistered with pace, but he looked like he looked like Mo Salah in pace-wise compared to Michael mm -hmm. Keane yesterday. It was um, it was really tough to watch. But you do mention Mina, and obviously there are a number of fans, myself included, need the club need well, the squad specifically need a good clear out. Obviously, we've asked for it behind the scenes. The strategic review went ahead. There are movements behind the scenes. Now it's time to focus on what's actually on the pitch. Do you, obviously, centre-backs will be needed because I don't think Michael Keane or Holgate are going to ideally stay. You'd hope not. Um, 
What do you do in terms of obviously Ben Godfrey's sort of the future and Everton fans as well behind that being the case? What do you do with Yerry Mina? Do you keep him because he's got about a year left on his contract after this season, 18 months? Or do you look to try and get rid of him purely on his injury um, record? Yeah, yeah, he goes. He goes. He, he, it, it's not because I don't like Yeri. I, I really like him. Like I've, I've always rated him. I rated him much higher than than Keane. I think he also has a mobility issue, though. By the way, I, I, I don't. I think he's also very. I think out of the the centre halves we have, I actually think Holgate and and Branthwaite probably the best mobile um, positioning is a massive issue with Holgate and 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 obviously Blanthwaite's really inexperienced but Mina just he's such a commanding presence he's a snide but his injury record's appalling and you know if he has only got 12 months left on his contract which I think is the case in the summer I think we've got to cash in because let, let, let's be horrible here let's put it as blunt as we can and you might or might not agree with this, but what does this Everton team look like if we got relegated? Do, does Ben Godfrey stay at Everton? Does does Michael Keane stay at Everton? Does ben, does Mason Holgate stay at Everton? Well, my issue would be, I think you'd probably get stuck with players like Michael Keane and Holgate rather than Ben Godfrey. I think you'd be stuck with John Joe Kenny and. Coleman, I think you'd be stuck. But the better players, the Alan, the Decore, the Richarlison, the Calvert Louis, they'd all leave. They'd all they'd all leave. So what so what we would be left with is the deadwood out of this Everton team because nobody wants to pay their wages or nobody will want to buy them, which leaves Everton in the biggest, in my opinion, financial mess this football club has probably ever been in because they'll be in the championship. With a load of players that have already proved they haven't got what it takes, they haven't got any heart, and they're championship level, and we're stuck with them. So if we stay up, I also think we need a rebuild, and I think the lot of them, Holgate, Mina, Keane, I think they've all got to go. I think they've all got to go. And I don't actually care how much money we make for them. They just need to go and start again. Because while we are where we are, the, the proof is in the pudding. Everton are 17th in the league because we've got, in my opinion, the worst back four in the league, arguably. And our striker in Calvert-Lewin has been injured all season. So that that's the reason why I believe we are where we are. Yeah, and Calvert-Lewin is another player that um, came under a little bit of criticism. I, I personally am in the boat of not wanting to judge him just yet because, like you said, he's been struggling with an injury all season. He was rushed back as well at one point and then got re-injured. Um, this is a similar injury that saw Shabamin out for about two years as well. You got to be really delicate rushing players back. If he tears it, that's it. it you know, his career is not done, but it's it's very much hindered and slowed right down. Um, yeah. How how big of a loss though has it been having that focal point? Um, and as much as I like Richarlison this out-and-out striker that I don't think he necessarily is? See, it's really difficult because Everton, there was a thing that I read, don't completely hold me to the amount of goals here, but Everton lost 38 goal contributions through 
James Rodriguez, Gilfie Sigurdsson and, and Luca Dean. And a lot of those contributions, the assists, would have been for Calvert-Lewin. So, so fundamentally, he's lost his supply line. Richarlison, let's be honest, isn't known as being that, that tricky winger that can skin three players and deliver a ball. But he's also not you out and out number nine. So we don't really know what Richarlison's best position is. I love him. I absolutely adore him. But I actually don't know where his best position is because he's not a left winger and he's not a centre-forward. Calvert-Lewin is a centre-forward, but only if we're whipping balls into the box. And we haven't been. And, and when we've been in the position where we can, Rondon's been playing and, and is nowhere near good enough. So, again, uh, he doesn't start for me. Calvert-Lewin doesn't start right now for me. Um, if you was to ask me what my front three are for the Wolves game and Antamari Gray's back, it would be Gordon, Gray and Richarlison through the middle. But it's only that way because I feel like Richarlison can run in behind. I feel like Calvert-Lewin hasn't and never will do that. He, he tends to hold the ball up. He, I feel like he's lost a yard of pace rather than gained a yard of pace. I, I don't think he's the best one-on-one -on -one finisher we've got. I think Richarlison probably is. So, if I could mix the two of them, that would be fantastic. We'd have a world-class striker on our hands. But at the minute, I, 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 just, I just think it's too much of a gamble playing Calvert-Lewin. And that's not me digging him out, not saying he hasn't got the heart. I just don't think he's fit enough. I don't think he's fit enough. Yeah, I agree. I think that Villa game was a clear sign of that. He, like you said, he was just mm -hmm. off the pace completely. I, I remember him being faster. Last night, that last night, the amount of times that a ball would be played into him and his first touch was horrendous or he was having to drop so deep just over the halfway line and play the ball out wide and the ball would never get in the box to him. You know, Calvert-Lewin, his threat is aerial ability. He gets his head on things. He can battle in the box. But he, his ability isn't necessarily at his feet. And again, not a criticism, that just is what he appears to be. He's a very, very good header of a ball. It's very difficult for me to say, with the style of play that I think Lampard wants to play, I don't think he's going to score many goals, which means, as of right now, he's a, he's a waste of a position in our team. As much as I love him, and he scored 20 goals last season, got the time in the world for him, it's going to look like he's not bothered if he's not playing at the same pace as everyone else, which is running at defenders, trying to create that space, shooting from here, there and everywhere, like Gray and Gordon do. If Calvert-Lewin is standing on the middle of the box, it's going to look like he's being lazy and people will criticise him, even though that's his game. Well, I was going to say, I think, I think you might have answered my question here after that. But um, there is there is still, you know, even while he's been injured after the season, big speculation on him. Uh, my question is to you, firstly, do you think he will go? And then secondly, would you sell him if the offer came in? Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd sell I'm him. I'd, I'd sell him and um, and I think he will go as well. Yeah, I think I, I think he will go. I think he's got to. He's got to put himself in a position where teams will want him because of the big injury that he had. So you sort of hope that he's going to kick on and 
he might have a last a good last five games and then Arsenal or someone comes sniffing for him. But honestly, the team I think he'll sign for will be someone like Newcastle. Because I I I don't see him right now getting into a top six team based on the fact of where he is in injuries-wise. I think the summer knocked him when he didn't get any minutes for the England team. I just think, unfortunately, Calvert-Lewin was built up so high last season, and rightly so, that now his confidence is on the floor. Yeah, I, I agree. I also I, The Newcastle shout's not a bad one as well, because I don't think he suits Arsenal's style of playoff. What you were just saying, then they're not they're not gonna you know get the ball in the box for the aerial threats type of team. Um, Arteta seems to want to play the you know the classic Wenger way of old, so I think he'd struggle yeah. there. Uh, obviously, we know his Arsenal fans will big him up and want it, but we know his strengths and weaknesses. We watch him week in week out, um, and from what I see, I think he'd struggle there. Um, teams like Newcastle, Burnley, he'd absolutely you know suck it up there with all the crosses they put in the box. He'd love it, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I think he will go as well, unfortunately. But I, I believe the fees being rumored are like fifty million, fifty plus. Yeah, I mean the injuries make me think we're we're probably gonna have to sort of lower our expectations, or you never know. We decide not to sell him if the club really want to, you know, dig their feet in. And then it's all on Calvert Lewin, and if he wants to force that. But um, yeah, I think I think like you said, since the summer and last season, he's sort of the buzz has fizzled out on Calvert Lewin, which I don't know. Depending on which way you look at it, could be good if we get Calvert Lewin of old next season when he's fully fit. Could also be bad though if, like you said, he just doesn't fit the system, um, and then we've wasted the chance to cash in. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously a big loss. Morale will probably be a little bit on the floor. Um, what What do you think Frank Lampard has to do now? Would you still? Would you? Would you I mean, his, his hands forced, but would you make any changes for the Wolves game? Um, I think defensively, if Godfrey's fit, he walks in um, over Keane. I think I personally would drop Coleman for Patterson. Um, and I'd drop Calvert-Lewin for Damari Gray. That, that would be my, my three changes. Um, I don't think he will drop Coleman. I don't think that'll happen. But I think Damari Gray and, and Gordon could, could very well happen. Um, Damari Gray, this is going to be a bit bold, but Damari Gray, getting the ball to him is our best option of breaking the lines, of of giving our attackers a little bit of extra space because he has this an, a natural ability to beat people. Luckman used to have it. Um, other players that we've signed in the past have had that ability to draw a player in and beat him with quick feet, a little step over. Richarlison doesn't really do that. Gordon kind of does it, but he's still so young, he can be a bit naive at times. I think we definitely saw that against Baldwin Wood, for example. So I think Damari Gray is hugely important to our survival hopes. Um, and I think we need... If we're in a game like against Wolves and it's nil-nil, I don't see the point bringing on players like Iwobi and 
even Calvert Louis. And this is gonna this is gonna sound ridiculous, and there'll be people who criticise me for this hundred percent. But I just kind of think Townsend might offer more in those situations. Like he's got the ability to score from thirty-five yards. No one else in our team can hit a ball from thirty yards and stick it top in. And we've seen it twice from him this season. He also is prepared to work back. We know he's not great on the ball. We know he's not great at beating a man. We know all of those things, but. He had a decent start to the season. And I'd rather see him than any Wobe, than uh, El Ghazi. So at 65, 70 minutes, I'd rather see him. But that, honestly, mate, it doesn't matter how we win. It doesn't matter what we do. The next two home games, we have to get six points. Because I truly believe if we don't, we will go down. And that that is that to me being heartbroken. Like, you know, I'm 29 years old. My dad and your your dad has seen us win league titles, FA Cups, everything, European Cup winners' cups. Me and you have seen nothing. Like th- this is this is as close to anything as we've sort of seen, whether it be up the league or down the league. We've seen one FA Cup final and and, and we, we pissed the bed in that. So I don't like this feeling. I, I it give me tenth place every season for the next 10 years than one year having a relegation battle where I genuinely believe we can go down because this is horrible. And and I don't do you agree with that? Like Con, do you do you agree with that? What do you think to that? Would would like usually the season's over for Everton at this point, but Obviously, we've got loads to play for, but do you? Are you happy or not happy? But are you? Are you yeah, invested? That's what I mean. Um, I mean, it's it's a weird season, and it has been all season. Um, invested, yes, and and especially in terms of obviously, I don't want us to go down, so I'm invested. I'll be invested till yeah. till we stay up. I've got this horrible feeling. It's it's got a Barry Orn esque sort of feeling to it, where if we do knowing us and it's Everton, it'll be something like you know like, like a Barry Orn esque goal to save yeah. us. Um, but I think I get what you mean in terms of like there is this season. I don't. I, well, it started with uh, Rafa Benitez being in charge of the club and that five month, four month stint. But there is a massive, and not just that, the communication stuff like that, fans are starting to become, you know, pick up on the way the club is ran as well. And then you've got Fahad Mishiri, the Usmanov links, Kiyosh, um, Shubashan um, and, and all that. Uh, there's a disconnect, in all honesty. I'm I've, I'm slightly disconnected. Um, not an invested, don't, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, saying I don't support you know, supporters, but there is that sort of, disconnect of like for a weekend I used to make sure I changed all my plans to get the games in now if I've got plans with mates and they go what about the Everton game I go honestly if I miss it I'll catch the highlights on Sky or sometimes I just won't if you know depend on the result like like last night if I missed last night so I'm not going to watch five goals for Spurs in what looked like what would have been looking like a training session there is that sort of I, I think it's I think it's four years of mediocrity and now this year of absolute abysmal um, and I think myself and I think a couple of other fans now are just you know we, we start to lose our rag a bit hence the 27 years <laughs> campaign and stuff like that I think fans are going enough now I, I, think, I think as well 
another another really important thing is, and, and I've said this a few times, and I, I remember one of the times I actually said this in the summer of 2019 when we signed Iwoba. Um, we went from being linked with Zaha and we went from being linked with Decore and Zuma on loan to signing Iwobi. And I came out and criticised the Everton board, Marcel Brands. And I said that Marco Silva was let down. And I said that because we, we finished that 18 season. Fantastic. We were brilliant. We, I think we won 10 straight games or something. We were great. But I sort of felt like at that point we were on the decline that summer. I, I sort of felt like we were we were just going into oblivion and, you know, the whole Allardyce thing. Then you sort of get your hopes up with Carlo Ancelotti and we were so good for half of the season and then we completely fell apart and finished 11th or 10th in the end and it was just like, what a waste. Like, what, a, what an actual waste. But where we are right now, I think has been coming for a long time and I think it's been obvious to see and that that disconnect, the the machinery element, board, I think they're all a disgrace. I, I, I think I think if somebody offered me, obviously I'm not rich enough to buy Everton, but if somebody walked into Everton Football Club and offered to take it off Mashiri, I'd beg Mashiri to sell it because I, I don't trust him. I don't think he's got that the right mentality to own a football club. I think I think his solution is bring people in and trust them with his money when it hasn't worked. I think appointments to directors of football haven't worked. I, I, I hope that the current one, Kevin Thurwell, I hope it goes really well for him. But who knows? I like the fact he's not a high-profile name. Like So hopefully he'll come under the radar and just get on with the job. I like the fact that Lampard's hungry and I sort of feel like we might be turning a corner, but equally, there is Everton fans out there that apparently are going on national radio and saying that he failed at Derby, he failed at Chelsea and he's failing at Everton. So there's all, there's already Everton fans that are already turning on his back and, and what I would call for, and, and, I, and I do this to your subscribers and I do this to any subscriber of any Everton content channel and any podcast listener. Now more than ever, we have to stick with this team. We don't like them necessarily. We think, we think they're bottlers. We think they're a waste of space. We don't like the board. We have to back this team. And then in the summer, go hell for leather. Tell the board to do a disgrace. Tell the players, whatever. Do what you like. But Everton Football Club in the Championship, it wouldn't surprise me if they went into administration. Financially, the stadium, what happens to that? Everton Football Club in the Championship, it's over. It's destroyed. And I don't think we'd come back up. And I don't think the 52,000 seat stadium will go ahead. And I, I, think we'd, I think we'd be finished. I really do. And I know that's negative. But we've got to stick together because Goodison Park will keep us up. It absolutely will keep us up. Yeah, I mean, home form, the away games, like you said earlier on, I'd be happy. Eleven men behind the ball, grind them out. I don't, I don't care. Just get the points, mm. or if you're lucky, point. But at home, that I feel like our home games are going to be every home game is going to feel like a six pointer. Um, I think the crowd will I, I hope and I think I've got a lot of trust in the, the crowd that go 
Um, my dad's season ticket holder. He said, you know, last couple of times he's been, it's been better. I think the atmosphere will get behind them because, you know, it'll just yeah. it'll, it'll sink in that you've got to fully be loud and sort of spur them on um, because otherwise we're, we're on the brink of something that is unpre- well, unprecedented and, you know, quite scary, really. Um, yeah, I mean, let, you know, Everton have only ever been relegated once in their entire history. And when they got relegated, they came back up the season after and won the league, if I remember correctly. Um, that will not happen this time. We 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 may well do a Leeds and be stuck in the Championship for years because we will be stuck with this Deadwood. We will be stuck with a load of players that aren't even Championship level. There's no way Michael Keane and Mason Holgate get you promoted from the Championship. There's just no way. Is the wage bill smaller as well? Like the league's wage bill is in what they, yeah, because there's a reason. We'd be crippled. Yeah, we'd be crippled. Honestly, financial fair play in the championship is worse than the Premier League. We would, we would be, honestly, it'd be a fire sale. The 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 amount of players that would leave, it would be it would be scary. As you say, there's a reason when like Bournemouth and that go down and Norwich did it, why they loan some of the you know bigger players out and people go while well, they're loaning them out I always think there's got to be a reason and I think it's probably financial because it's what most footballing decisions are absolutely you know I think they sent Wendy out on loan a couple of times Norwich when they've gone down or something like that um you know and Greaser and Greaser went out on loan he's he's come you know he's he's been fantastic I think where has he gone was he... Napoli in it Italy Napoli yeah. it's been absolutely sensational he's a Fulham player yeah, it looked like they might come straight back. <laughs> they might come straight back up under Marco Silva as well. It's worth pointing out. But um, yeah. yeah, well, I, I mean, I'll ask you for your prediction for the Wolves game, Mike. Uh, what do you think the score will be? Three and eleven. I like that. Obviously. I mean, I just, I just really think. Uh, you, I know what I'm like at a football game, and you know, this isn't. I'm disrespecting myself here, but. Um, I love our football club as if I was a scouser, as if I lived on the road. But to some people, I don't, and therefore I'm a wall, and therefore I, I don't feel the same as as a as a scouser or whatever. But if I feel like that, imagine what your Evertonian who lives over the road feels like. Imagine, imagine, imagine the hurt that if I'm feeling it, how are those guys feeling it? How how are the how are the people that walk past the stadium every day feeling? Honestly, I was ready to lynch the Boreham Wood fans. I, I was I was ready to have a go at them when they were taking the piss out of us. And I was, I, I'm, I'm, you can hear me on ITV calling them scruffy uh, because they're on about the shirts and that. You can hear me. So if I'm that passionate and I'm going to sing my heart out, I expect those players to put in a performance for me. And I, and I, having seen Brentford, having seen the Leeds games. We should be able to beat Wolves. So yeah, three and eleven. What do you think? I think, I think it's going to be. No, I think it's going to be one nil to us. I think um, my mate's an Arsenal fan, and I didn't catch the game, but he watched the Arsenal uh, Wolves game, and he said up until Arsenal got their goals, he said they were Wolves. Uh, he said it was one of the worst like games to watch in terms of they just sat behind the ball. 
didn't want to yeah. give anything away. Um, so just because they're that pragmatic and they're that defensively minded, I think we're going to be grinding it out. But I think Goodison behind, I think, you know, that sort of atmosphere, we can we can definitely get a goal. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, four days later, we play Newcastle. So it's kind of like whatever result we get in this Wolves game is going to have a knock-on effect in what we do against Newcastle. Um, we we have to win. Like, we have to. It, it, I would come on any channel, anywhere, and say we're getting relegated and have it tattooed on my ass the year that we were relegated now if we don't beat Wolves. Because I, honestly, I, if we don't beat Wolves, I don't see us beating Newcastle. And if we can't beat Newcastle, I think I think we can't beat anyone at home. So we're going down. I think the only three points we'd get at home then is Brentford, which yeah. is going to be too little too late. So we have to win. We have to win. Hopefully, mate. Hopefully. I think Brentford, um, it, it, it's all in our own hands as well. We're facing a couple of the teams down there with us. Um, so the power's in our hands. Um, but that is all we've got time for today. I just want to say thank you so much again, Mike, for coming on and speaking to me. It's been a pleasure as always. No worries, Matt. Thanks for having me as always. And uh, good luck to all of you guys. And uh, well done being the next big celebrity. Kind of really, you know, smashed it, mate. Well done. BBC appearance, you know, smashing it. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it loads. by Owen Parks and we'll be discussing what's wrong with Everton's defence this season. Um, Owen, looking at the stats, I think we've conceded 46 goals in the Premier League. Um, Why don't you start us off? uh, Where do you think the fundamentals are in our defence and what's wrong with it? I I think a a large, no, I think a a part of the issue is the fact that Yeri Mean has been injured all season. We, I don't, I, I don't think we've had him on the pitch four times or five times this season. He is comfortably our best defender, and if he was a, a sharp, um, sort of ready, if he wasn't injury, I don't, injury prone, quite harsh. But if he, if he didn't suffer from injuries in the way he does, then he wouldn't be a Everton. He would probably still be a Barcelona because he's a really good defender. But the issue we've had is we haven't had him on the pitch all season. And so, so that tampered it. I think Ben Godfrey, I think he struggled at the start. And he hasn't, I, I, I don't think he's been good this season, even when he has played, I'm being honest. I think his best performances have come at left back this season, the odd time he's played there. Mason Holgate, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not convinced by Mason Holgate. And unless he's playing right back in an extremely sort of reactive setup where he isn't, isn't allowed to go forwards and he just does the basics. I don't see much use for him. Um, Michael Keane. Look, Michael Keane plays every week because he's ready every week and he's available and he's fit every week. He, he doesn't doesn't suffer injuries. I think Michael Keane's a system player. And I think I think if you have Michael Keane defending a bit deeper and simplifying the game, Michael Keane isn't all that bad. I think. But when you're asking him to do things he can't do, or and if something goes against him, he, he is arguably one of the worst centre backs in the league because 
he 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 just he's got no confidence. He hasn't got he's the reason why Michael Keane's not a great or even good defender is mentality. His mentality is really poor, and I I don't think he'll ever get that that sort of winning mentality to to put together a run or a season consistently where he's reliable and, and so that's the situation we're in with centre backs. I think full backs we've we've suffered there all season. We've suffered there for a number of years to be honest in terms of having our full backs fit or not getting sold or not down on tools and it's been a it's been a a regular issue for us and you know Rafa Benitez was brought in to help continue the 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 solid foundations we had in terms of good defending, keep clean sheets, don't give much away. Uh, and he did the exact opposite. And, and Frank Lampard seems to think we're 1998 90, um, Man United, where we can just play on the halfway line every week and not see a goal. So they're the issues we've got. Um, I don't, uh, it, it seems to be that it's a perfect storm of everything that's contributed. But I think last season, Everton conceded the whole season 48 goals and five of them were in the last game of the season. So it, it showed that pretty much the same, well, the same centre-backs, um, kind of different full-backs, but different manager. Is, so it, you could say that the, the reason why we're not as solid as the dugout I was about to say, do you um, think there is any way Frank Lampard's style of play suits our current back four? No. No, even if he goes to a five? No, because it, it, Michael Keane's no, never been good in a five and he's the only one who's fit. He, he doesn't have the the sort of, how to put it, the precision to play in the five. He, he used to play in with a bank of four in front of him. And four defenders next to him. He's not a back five defender. Mason Holgate, yeah, maybe. But then who's the other centre back? Bramfweight. Well, I'm not being I'm not being sort of cruelly, but if we're relying on a, a lad who was playing in the championship last season, we're going we are going to be struggling, are we? And Godfrey maybe, but then he's always a week away from an injury. I don't I don't think we've got the personnel nor the the the, the the we haven't got the personnel to play five at the back, and we, we and if we're going to play five at the back, we're going to need two wing backs and Michalenko and Patterson don't, don't get a look in. So it, it, the only I don't see any way of being able to do that. Obviously, um, you mentioned the championship in Brantwaite. Uh, Jamie Carragher was quite scathing in his review of our back four and said it's a championship uh, defence and then went as far as to say it's probably an insult to championship uh, teams. Do you agree with that, that the current the, the, the back four against Tottenham will go with, take out Yerry Mina and Ben Godfrey? Uh, and that, do you think that is a championship back four? Um, yeah, probably, but... OK, John Joe Kenny didn't play last season, but... Three of those central defenders who were in the team on Monday night played a lot of games for Everton last season in the season where they only conceded 48 goals, so they weren't championship defenders then. Or were they? I don't know. Um, but, no, I, I, I do think that... Look, we've, we've talked about them all. And that it, they, 
they have got the limitations, they have got the flaws, but but we're talking about the defence after a game where we're talking about the dad's army defence, as I called it, playing on the half. They've got no pace and, yeah, they're, they're always going to struggle defending in space and without that simplified approach to defending, they're, they're always going to struggle. So, unless you're going to... That's why, that's why I was arguing last in the January window we should have been buying defenders or a defensive midfielder who can help us because I don't think there was ever an issue with this team maybe creating chances maybe scoring goals I don't, I don't think that was the issue I think the issue has been all season defensively and that's why we're talking about it now so yeah I don't I don't see where the, the rush was to sign Dali Ali on deadline day at all and why we couldn't have bought some defenders because it's your defence is what will we'll keep you in the Premier League. We're not going to... We we, we've we showed in the away games lately all season that we're not creating chances away from home, but we might, if we have a bit of savviness about us, get a, a point, and that doesn't seem likely at the moment when you can see in five or three or two goals every single game. And we've been tighter at home, but... We played Leeds and we played Brentford and Villa. We only conceded the one City, but you're always going to be mostly when when you've got the fans. We have a bit more productive at home. Obviously, we've mentioned the back four. Um, what are your thoughts on Jordan Pickford this season? Obviously, I know he he made that one mistake uh, against Tottenham. But what are your overall thoughts of him this season? Yeah, he's been excellent. I think I. I Question Jordan Pickford, I think, in the run-up to to the derby last season in Anfield. And I think from that moment on, he's been excellent. I think people realise with a goalkeeper that it, they don't peak and decline in the same way as an outfield player does. So the criticism of Jordan Pickford was, uh, in hindsight, slightly unfair. He hadn't really... It is, his level of consistency at his peak and I think he's in there at the moment he's a good goalie I think the the stuff about his height is ridiculous it's just absolute nonsense I think there's a lot of, Edison's not massive and I, I, people don't level him with the same stuff it's, it's it's ridiculous I think yeah he, he made a mistake but goalies are always going to make mistakes but Jordan Pickford has saved us a lot more points than he's lost us this season. So he's he's in the plus column, definitely. Do you think it's a bit um, of just maturity as well when you think back at how, how often his head used to go? The Newcastle games always ring a bell for me of the fans getting on him uh, and his head going. Do you think it's a bit of he's matured? I know there were rumours that he'd seen a sports psychiatrist as well that helped him a little bit. Uh, so yeah. It's, it's, it's experience, experience of the team, the club, the Premier League, I think people forget he came to Everton on the back of just one season in the Premier League in Sunderland where he was getting pelted with shots every week. And so it, the the early criticism of him was, in hindsight, ridiculous because you wouldn't have expected... If he'd come for nothing and he was on the bench for a year and he'd come in, he wouldn't have got the same level of stick, I think. He had a great he had a great World Cup to my memory, and then 
since then it, they had a dodgy couple of years, but it's life in the Premier League. I, th- I think he's doing really well, and I think he has done for well over a year now. I think. Trust me, when we talk about Evans' team, the least of my worries is Jordan Pickford. That's yeah, no, I completely agree with that, mate. I think he's, I think he's kept us in a lot of games. Obviously, you mentioned about uh, Lampard's, you know, sort of style of play and our back four. Um, I'm going to assume then you'd be open to shipping a couple of these players out in the summer. Yeah, it, yeah, I think we'll have to, but in a different division. Where if we're even in in the championship, I imagine a lot of the players will leave. If we're in the Premier League, I think it's difficult because we talk about a reset, but it's people are going to have to take these players on, and it is difficult. But I think that the priority is staying in the Premier League, and I don't know. I think we'll probably need a, a two or three. Defenders, not just centre backs, full backs in the summer to to be able to to have a full season where we don't get injuries and we have a, a consistent level of performance amongst our defenders. But like I said, you you have to look at this defence and then if you if you if your solution is to play a high line and chase Tottenham all over the pitch and chase Southampton and chase Newcastle all over the pitch, then you possibly need to rethink. So, if who would you say should probably go this summer if we can say now in an ideal world they're easily sellable? Um, I would, I would talk to Michael Keane about finding a different club for him. Uh, I would. Sell. I, I would reluctantly, but with the best will in the world set, look to sell Yerry Mina. And I would also look for a club for Mason Holgate and I wouldn't renew John Joe Kenny's deal. No problem. You say Yerry Mina, uh, is that purely just because of his injuries? It is, yeah. yeah. I, I think we need... We can't be... The, the problem we've got when Yerry Mina's in our, in our squad is we're, we're always... We're always looking to him to come in, and everyone else is far below the standards. And yeah, yeah, he, he needs to go to somewhere else for the best will for him and for a new start. And for us, we need to recoup some money and buy defenders who are not, they won't be probably better than Yerry Media, but they might be more reliable in terms of getting them on the pitch. I'll, I'll always have full admiration for him, but. I think I think it'd be better to move him on. I think Michael Keane the same, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're stuck with him for a while longer. And I would also look to move Paul Gates on again for him because he needs to be in a situation at a club. Maybe I don't know, in the champ. We might be in the championship, but we're in the Premier League, a championship club or another Premier League team where he will get minutes in a, the same position every week. I'll keep Godfrey and I'll keep Bramford as a as a backup for Bramford and buy a couple of uh, centre backs, maybe one permanent, one loan, and have that as a, as a sort of defensive sort of access for next season. But like I said, I won't be surprised if they are all still there. It's just what what I would be open to. I wouldn't sell Godfrey, but the rest of them I would be open to offers for. 
obviously you mentioned John Joe Kenny. You said you wouldn't renew. Um, you you will have. I think you did see because I think I saw you tweet about it. The um, poll the Toffee Blues did, where it was asking the fans, would we would we re-sign uh, John Joe Kenny's contract? If I'm not mistaken. I don't know the number off by all, but I think it was like 66% said yes. Um, has his left back performance done anything to change your mind, or do you still think? No. No. I mean, Everton fans have come up with a lot of bright ideas in recent years, and not all of them have been very good. So I, I would use my own judgment and the judgments of a lot of people that it, it would be best for John Joe Kenny to find a club again where he's settled and he's playing every week. Again, for him, and he isn't, in my opinion, good enough to be at the level Everton needs to be at for next season. And he'll probably give her a go for the upcoming games we've gone. He, he, is, he doesn't shy away from a bit of effort, but quality-wise and discipline and that, that sort of edge of going having the Premier League, he hasn't got it. Uh, obviously, we spoke about uh, John Drew. Uh, by the way, I agree. I think I think one. I think if you'd asked that before his Leeds game, it'd have been the other way. Sixty six would have said get rid of yeah, him. Yeah, it's football fans that the 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 blow with the wind and yeah, it's football is life. It's form and whatever. Yeah, I fully I fully believe. I'm like if if it wasn't for the Leeds game, we wouldn't even be talking about people saying they'd accept him. He'd be one of the first ones on the list. And um, what would you do about? Seamus Coleman, he's obviously been spoken about quite a lot in the last couple of years. I wouldn't sell him. I wouldn't start him either, but I I, I don't see what much benefit it would do for him to move to another club now. Is he a, If we have a, if Nathan Patterson's in and around the team and we have a, a new right-back maybe in the summer, and then he he's your fair choice. And if we're playing different systems, he can fill in if needs be. A bit like what Tony a bit or Phil Neville were in the last years. They don't play, but they're in the rounds if you need in the experience and the leadership and the empty words on a Monday, but we'll need them for all that. So yeah, I, I would I'd keep him around, but he wouldn't he wouldn't be starting no more than five games next season for me. Obviously you mentioned Patterson. Uh we've not seen an awful lot of him, but you know, cup game. Um what do you think about him? And are you on this same boat of he can't be any worse than what we have already, so you might as well stick him in? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I think I broke out then. Um, yes. Yeah. Go again. Uh, no worries. Um, whoever's editing it will start again now. Uh, yeah. In terms of Patterson, have you been impressed with what you've seen? Um, and would you start him now under the assumption he's got to be better than what we've got, which is James Coleman? trying to keep pace with the Premier League or do you think it's right that we're only slowly integrating him one bit at a time? Well, I was baffled that he was subbed off after 45 minutes against Bournemouth because he was the only one who was trying to stretch the back line. So that that was an interesting one for me. Um, I haven't seen him play apart from that, so that, that's the only judgment I've got of him and he did well. I think he's a he's a wing back, isn't he? So you'd like to get forward, get crosses in, stretched. If we're playing the three at the back, like you mentioned before, you definitely play. Um, if we're playing the black back four, I can I can understand why we'd be a bit more hesitant to play him. But I, I don't know. He he wouldn't he wouldn't look out of place at the moment. Let's just say that. And I think. He'd be a lot of goodwill to him because he's a new player and he, he's something different. But so, so I maybe would play him on that. 
on that sort of notion, I would, yeah, I, I would, yeah, I would, I would, I would play him. Yeah, at uh, least, I'll... at least, wouldn't have subbed him after forty-five minutes against a non-league team. That's that's for sure. Yeah, that that sort of. Uh, he, he didn't do there. nothing wrong, Connor. He didn't do anything wrong when he was on the pitch. No, I. That, 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 it it wasn't like he was playing some sort of detriment to what we were doing. It was just, it was everything else. He, he did make a couple of good runs, I thought. But yeah, I I thought that would have been a good game to give him his full ninety in. And like you said, I I didn't think he did anything wrong. I I, I thought he did. I thought he was at least decent. If not, he was he was our best player on the picture for him. So when I saw his number come up, I couldn't believe it. I thought. Kenny might have come up because he was the spare part in the back three and we were going to a different formation. But this is the other issue I seem to have at the moment is that every single game lately we're playing a new system. So how, how is anyone supposed to be able to get any kind of rhythm or consistency going if one week we're playing three at the back, the next week it's 4-4-2, four, four, then it's 4-3-3. Three, three. There'll no doubt be a different formation against Wolves. I, I find that interesting and I would, I would argue that you would for for any ills of any formation, that it's nothing's ever going to look good if you're changing from week to week because you're never going to get the ideas and the the fundamentals across of, of any system if you if you're changing it every two minutes. But maybe injuries have played a part. And I don't know, but I would argue that we would need to keep a system between now and the end of the season and whatever system that is, go with it. See. And trust them. Maybe it's not your your long term system, but for right now, would it would it be any would, would sticking with a system be any worse of changing every week? Yeah, I I I agree, mate. Um, obviously we've mentioned Patterson, and um, what what are your thoughts on Mikalenko? Again, I, he's a little bit harder to judge as well because obviously the world outside of football isn't brilliant for him at the minute. But from what we have seen of him, what do you think about him? Um, uh, I, I, I've not seen a great deal of Everton and he hasn't really played, hasn't done badly. I, mean, I, I probably wouldn't have signed him, if I'm being honest, from what I, I saw before Everton in the European stage or, and in his league and where the bits I've seen, I, I, I weren't sure of him. Um, but he's a left-footed left-back and he's the only one we've got, so yeah, he has to play and try and play him into a bit of form. I think that's all you can do. He's here now and you know, if you've got a left-footed left-back playing John Joe Kenny there, it doesn't seem to make much sense to me because he's not a left-back, Michalenko is. So he, he, would, he would start on Sunday for me and I probably wouldn't drop him from then on in. Joined by Owen Parks and we are doing the Wolves match preview. Um, how are you feeling for the Wolves game? I mean, they've been, they've been quite good this season uh, and defensively sound. Oh, they're excellent. I, I think in all in all the, I think a lot of people at the start of the season expected Wolves to struggle. I think I think that it was that kind of thing they struggled last season and overall, you know, did an excellent job with Wolves and he left and he went to join Tottenham and didn't work out. But a Wolves, you thought. They might struggle without him, and credit to Bruno Lage, he's just done the exact same thing as him. And 
we took improved a lot from last season and got them back up to the levels they were the, the, the seasons before that. And yeah, he, he's done really well. They're, they're a very organised, experienced, streetwise team. And I, I wouldn't expect any more of that from, from Leeds and um, Wolves on Sunday. I think when you think Leeds and Brentford have come to Goodison, they've been pretty inexperienced and not very organised. I think Wolves will come in, they'll, they'll frustrate us. And they'll, uh, my worry for this game is very early on, they'll take the sting out of that crowd. And if we go a goal down, it, 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 might, it, might, it might go against us just in terms of the confidence at the moment and their ability to suck the life out of every game we play. Yeah, uh, just on Bruno Large, uh, he seems to be, um, and it's something I wish we'd do as a football club, it seems to be when Nuno left, they picked the perfect replacement in terms of a style, what would suit the players they've got. Um, yeah. Almost a carbon copy, really. Yeah, they, they, they play literally the same way. And they have done for the past, well, ever since Nuno took over, they, they've done the, the same. They, they might change from a, a five-four-one to sort of a five-three-two. They might they might change the the sort of basis upon that. But yeah, did he play uh, the same formation pretty much? The same players. It, it's rinse and repeat every year for them. There are a bit of a people talk about this team and that team for for models in the Premier League. I think I think they're really up there for what they've done since they've been in the Premier League and. They're fighting Europe every year for a reason because they've got a way of playing. They've got good players, experienced players, young players, and a manager who fits them and isn't really complicated in the Premier League. And they've proven that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with them. Um, obviously, there's this game um, is at home, like you said. Uh, how important is it that we win? Uh, this game and the next home game. A lot of people are saying that sort of relegation rides on these next two home games. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think my worry is if we get four points, I think would be fine. Um, I think anything less than four points, then we're we're we're, we're really asking for trouble. And six points would give us a nice comfortable. Buffer above the relegation zone, well, you'd like to think it would. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's it's maybe enough must not lose this one in in um, preparation for Newcastle, which well, would yeah. be a must win. I was going to say, which one do you think we're more likely to win out of the two? Newcastle. Not a problem. It just um, it just just because, just because they're, they're not good. They're not as good, and they're around us. I was going to say the Newcastle one. Uh, uh, you know, it's a very footballing cliche, but could be that along with a couple of other games that we've got on the way down could be a six-pointer, and um, just mm. because, like you said, they are in and around us, um, and we need to sort of close the gap on them because it looks like they. I'd say they're on. They're a couple of results away from being clear of it. Yeah, the, the the one or two away from it being pretty much done for them. Which but they have got a really bad run in and a few injuries, so we beat them, they're back in it. That's how we've got to look at it. We want as many teams involved in it as possible and 
they've had a good run, but they were on 12 points a couple of months ago. So, I mean, it, it, it can change like that in the Premier League. And they've done well. They've, they've spent a lot of money and it is it turned for them. Not everyone has had that money. So that's the advantage they've had. But they should stay up from this point. But you would still want them to be involved in it come the end of the season. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can drag them back down. Obviously, relegation is is I think what everybody is mainly focused on now. Um, what are, what are your thoughts? Are you confident? Do you think we'll stay up? Do you think we'll go down? What are your thoughts? Or are you just taking it week by week, result by result? I was until Monday night. Um, I I didn't think we would be as ridiculous as we were on Monday. But we we went there and it was it was really poor and I, I'd like to think that we we would play better against Wolves but my whole sort of mentality towards it will, will pretty much ride on these next two games if we don't get win or points in this one these couple of games then I'm going to I'm going to really start to press the panic button and think we'll probably we'll, we'll be more likely to go than we will to stay up if we don't get the points, and these two going games are so important because the fixtures we got after them reads out like a, a Champions League last sixteen draw. Honestly, it is it is isn't good. So if we don't, I'd I'd argue that we don't win either of them. We're good as gone to be honest, because it's just it would just be too difficult after that. But we've shown us we've shown. In recent weeks, we played Man City. We played relatively well, and we still got beat. So even we played relatively well against the rest of them. It's still more likely we get beat than not, and that's that's the issue we've got. So six points. I'll I'll only be confident if we get six points from them, well, not from each game, but between the two of them. Obviously, you know the Goodison Park atmosphere is being very um, sort of hyped up now. People are sort of trying to you know boost it. As much as they can, um, how, how, why do you think we struggle so much away from home? Because obviously the away support is good. Um, what do you think it is that makes the team look almost? Uh, it's almost Jekyll and Hyde sometimes when I watch us at home in a way. Well, it, for most teams outside the top six, going away from home in the Premier League is not easy anyway. So that there's there's a bit of that. Um, but a lot of it is mentality for us because we seem to hit any sign of trouble or um, controversy in a game, and it, we just we 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 fold like paper. And if we if we got that out of us, and there's there's arguably some talented players or everything, but what separates some talented players and not winning games between between that and maybe the the top players is men, mentality. It's pure men purely mentality, and until that changes, I, I don't see was picking up many points away from home. But I I did this sort of pre- prediction sort of simulator the last couple of days, and I haven't got us to win a single away game because I, I just can't be confident we'll go anywhere and get the requisite points. Do we stay up in your prediction thing? 
Yeah, we we were seventeenth place, but we we do stay up. Um, obviously, we've mentioned Wolves. We've mentioned how tough they are and how solid they are. Um, what do you think is their weaknesses that Everton sort of need to hope to jump on? Well, they're not all that dissimilar to Spurs in a way. Is that the the if you if you defend well and do the basics well, then yeah, they haven't got many goals in them. You know, they're a very creative team, and if you stop them, you stop them getting in front, then you're you're more likely to win than not. So. I don't know. I I think their weakness is definitely creativity and scoring goals. And if we can, if we can sort of sort that, then I think we'll have a good chance. But if we give them the initiative and let them take the lead, then we are going to be in trouble. Obviously, the teams above us um, are Leeds and Brentford. Brentford are, are the ones I'm really looking at. Um, do you think? Who do you think is more likely to drop down? Um, do you think Brentford are the ones we should be really eyeing in terms of taking our place towards the bottom end of the table? Yeah, I, I think Leeds and Brentford are likely and as likely as each other, to be honest, because they're kind of similar in the, in the sense that I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you don't really trust them to win. So is that is that kind of thing? I, I would, I would argue that. Brentford maybe because they've only been in a year. They can they've been on a bad run and now they won at the weekend, but it was against Norwich. If they went back on a losing run, then you'd struggle to see them staying up. Um, leads the same. So I think either of them would be the most likely to to drop from who are above us. What about uh, obviously? I, I know you uh, fond of Burnley. Do you think they've got enough in it to jump out of the relegation zone? Uh. I, it's a difficult one because the, the, the below us and the below us, you, you can't be doing too much well at the moment. But look, they, they've, they've got the, the experience and you I'll be worried that they are capable of putting a few wins together more than Leeds and Brentford and maybe us. But you, you, just, you just sense that, they, that sort of, they've got a bit more about them than Leeds and Brentford, so it's a close one. I wouldn't be surprised if he went, but if he stayed up comfortably, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, looking at um, looking at it, Dave, um, surprisingly, although they've only won three games in the Premier League, um, they've lost less than us. It's just they've drawn a lot of games, um, whereas we've 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 lost fifteen this season and only managed six wins. It's that bit of quality, isn't it? I think when you don't. Spend a lot of money, and yeah, you've got when you've got the lowest sort of wage bill, and you don't spend a lot of money, you struggle for that bit of quality. I, I don't think they've, I, I think probably if you look at the sort of relegation mix, they probably conceded the least amount of goals. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's just the finding enough to win a game, enough goals. I think they lost Chris Wood, didn't he? And he, he Chris Wood was key for scoring a lot of goals historically. I think Bedhorst has done well, but it hasn't put the ball in the back of the nets in the in the same way Wood did. So if they if they find that that player to to regularly pop up with goals, then you would suspect they'll be fine. But it is it is all ifs, buts, and maybes. They they have to get 
results now in the same way as we do. And um, obviously, we've mentioned Frank Lampard, and in the previous one, you mentioned systems changing um, quite frequently with him. We've seen a three at the back, we've seen a four four two, we've seen a four three three. What would be your go? What do you think Frank should do in terms of formation? Do you think he should stick with the four three three we've seen in recent weeks? Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I wouldn't change it. I think if, if we played. 4-3-3 against City and then we went to 4-3-4-3 against Bournemouth and then 4-3-3. I would, I'd like to like us to see to see us keep with that and and see if that can get us a result for a few weeks. If, like I said, I think if we went to something different, I would I, I would, I would want, you can call it plan A, plan B, but it can also be you're really struggling to find a way of getting results with the team and I, I, I would like to see us keep 4-3-3 three, three, because I think it, it probably suits the players the most but if it is 4-4-2 four, four, or whatever just stick with it for the, the, the running and get that sort of experience playing the formation um, going forward What would be your starting eleven? Out of curiosity. Oh, um, I'd go Jordan Pickford and goal. I would go right back. Kenny. Centre-backs. Bramthwaite and Godfrey. Left-back, Michalenko. I'd go Alan, Decore, Van Den Beek. Richarlison up front and Gray and Gordon on the wings. Would you not risk Calvert Lewin? No, I, I, he's a. I said a couple of weeks. He's the last half an hour play for me at the moment. He, he's someone you throw on with half an hour to go and see if he can build some confidence up. He isn't doing enough to start games for me in the moment. And our best sort of performances and results have come playing. Um, Gray Gordon, Richard. Well, certainly Richardson up front. So I, I would. I would stick with that for this one. And if Dom scores a few goals off the bench, then you can look to start him. But he has to, he has to earn that sort of trust. Do you think it's just um, just uh, that he's a little bit, you know, behind the fitness, that he's struggling? Uh, I've seen him come on that he's got a bit of flack recently. Do you think it is just he's not fully fit? Um, yeah, possibly. I, I, he, did, he did very well last season. He got his enough goals to get us enough points to finish comfortably in the top half but the issue we had was he's had this season he, he's barely played any games and people are expecting that that, that sharpness and that fitness when it it, it isn't when, when you haven't got that that sharpness it, it's difficult to when you're playing catch up and you haven't played games all season you're behind everyone else and I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him to start games at the moment. I think Richarlison did well playing up front on his own against Man City. He caused him issues in terms of that ball over the top. So I, I would stick with him for the time being. If we can, we find that that level where Calvert-Lewin can can end up starting games when because he's played minutes off the bench and consistently. Then, then, then we've got a, we've got a good options, but I don't think he's ready at the moment. And 
we, we saw when he came played against Brian White Benitez for playing him for 90 minutes after he was out for about four months was a good idea. I'll, I'll never I'll never know, but we he, he, we have to go from now with him and he played poorly the other night, so he, he, he should be on the bench for, the, for this next one. Uh, out of curiosity, do you think um, a couple of people have whispered that he might not suit Frank Lampard's system as well? Uh, do you think that's the case? And also, would you sell him in the summer uh, as he's still linked with Arsenal? No, I, w- I wouldn't sell him. I think if well, we might have to, but if we have the option there, I wouldn't know because I think he's still a, a top quality goal scorer, and you know they don't put this way with a with a full preseason behind him and starting games regularly next season. I would expect him to start scoring goals and. Uh, as much as we might have to sell him, I think if we can start playing them, then I wouldn't sell him. Um, obviously, we've mentioned the, um, the relegation zone. The, the games you mentioned, it's a bit like a Champions League final 16. Uh, and looking at it, it is certainly, it, it gets quite hard. We've got obviously the Derby, got United, Chelsea uh, and Arsenal on the final day. Um, how many points do you think realistically, bearing in mind we do also have um, Brentford at home um, and we've got Watford away. How many points do you see Everton picking up? Between now and the end of the season? Yeah. It's a different, I think, I, I, I just, on that thing, I was talking about finishing on, I think, 34 points, 35 points and that just had us over it. I think, you know, it depends on the next two, of course, but I, I, I think I think we'll get about 36, 37. You'd like to think, and that would be enough, but anything below 35, and I'll start panicking. No problem. Before uh, before we end, I, I, I want to know your score predictions for the Wolves game. Um, how do you think we'll get on? I'll be positive, and I'll say we're going to win 2-0. We're going to quick start and then we're going to go and nick, nick another one at the end and we're going to go home happy and we'll kept the clean sheets and we'll be closer to the, the safety mark. Uh, I, I personally am going to go 2-1. I just Clean sheets uh, and Everton are just not something I'm going to put together at any point. You've got to be positive, <laughs> You have to be positive <laughs> at least for the game. I, I, I'm open. I, I think we'll win. I just, I, I can see one howler of a goal being let in um, between the calamities. That no, wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I've got surprise like, we lost the game. But... I've got like an own goal or something because it's sliced off one of the centre back's foot and just absolutely well, done Pickford. Yeah. Well, I hope that that comes um, after we've scored because if they score first, it's going to be a mountain to climb. Oh yeah, I, I I think we'll well I hope I hope we'll get the first goal just because the team look a lot better at home this season. They look a lot more um, reactive instead of reactionary. Um, been Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, I've been your host, Connor Williams. We had to start with me, Mike, from the Blue Boys Network, discussing the Tottenham game in the extra time segment. 
Then me and Owen Parks discussed Everton's defence, what's wrong with it this season, um, why it's so tough to watch and where the calamities are. Uh, and then me and Owen went straight into the match preview for the Everton Wolves game, which looks to be a potentially one of the games we need to win on the road to safety. And um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, keep listening, uh, and thank you for your support.